0: Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Kim Rohrer, the principal people partner at Oyster HR. They're a global employment platform, and earlier this year, they published a study looking at why employees are disillusioned. Why go after that? Well, for one thing, both work and life have changed a lot recently, and that's caused employees to ask more questions about the meaning and purpose of their work. We're gonna get into that in other aspects of work's changes on this edition of PeopleTech. Hey Kim, nice to meet you. Earlier this year, Oyster published what I called an employee disillusionment report. And I'm can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, I think you know, we're at a at a time right now in in this industry, but also just globally, where employees are are dealing from sort of compounded traumas, they're recovering from any number of global crises, uh, and they're starting to expect more from their employers. So, you know, over the last several years, employees have really started to to understand what they need and what they want out of their work and life. And, you know, frankly, just like not not putting up with as much as they might've in the past. Um, And we started seeing these trends with our customers, with our communities. Um, Last year, 40% of the workforce quit their jobs. That's predicted that it'll be a similar number this year. And we wanted to understand why. We wanted to understand what are the particular challenges that people are facing. Why are people feeling more kind of disillusioned with with their work and their work environments? And and we learned a lot in this in this study. And and we put out a report about it.
0: Well, what what were the big takeaways?
1: A lot of it comes down to to mental health and burnout and work life flexibility. Um, there's obviously, depending on where you are in the world and what your, your kind of climate is, there, there's sort of unsettled feelings around political unrest, uh, environmental issues, racial injustice, and there's, you name it, there's a problem somewhere in the world. Um, and employees are realizing that the the way that they show up for work, is impacting the way they're able to show up in their lives. And when their lives are sort sure. you of, know, breaking in various ways, it makes it harder to show up at work. I think we all learned lessons around that in the pandemic, that the way we were working before the pandemic wasn't really working for a lot of people. And we've, we've learned a lot in the last few years about what was broken about the way we work. So the way we were working before wasn't really working for caregivers, wasn't working for people of color, wasn't working for underrepresented populations in a lot of different demographic areas. Um, And the pandemic just kind of stripped away any, any pretense or any ability we had to cover that up and just show up at work anyway. Um, and living through the pandemic and the, the, the results on our personal lives and the the impact that the pandemic had on, on our ability to kind of fake it at work just has meant that employees now are much bolder and much more open about what they need and where their workplaces are falling short of what they need to be to be able to be successful in their lives
0: um, you know I'm just curious what what gave you the idea of doing a disillusion report in in the first place it's not the kind of thing people usually
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean it wasn't my idea I can't take credit for it but um as our team was was thinking about what kind of report to do we were going in a different direction um, at first we were we were doing sort of a state of state of the union type of report kind of a uh, employee expectations report we had done an employee expectations report the previous year to do sort of a revised updated iteration on that um, but the research was just so clear that disillusionment was the common theme that we decided to make that the focus of the report and really go deeper on on this topic of disillusionment and, you know, the the struggles and the heartbreak and the challenges that people are experiencing at work, because that was overwhelmingly the types of experiences that people were sharing with us, and so we wanted to honor that and really go deep into that, um, and and explain the reasons why, and offer companies some tips and solutions to help their company break out of it.
0: Yeah, I noticed the the mental health was employee's top concern, About half. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, what really hit me was that that was 32 points higher than their next concern, uh, which was relationships yeah. with friends. What, could you talk about that? I mean, what, what's that tell us?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, we've seen in the last couple of years, uh, uh, I don't know if this is even a real word, a normalization uh, of, of, of mental health. So people talking more openly about mental health. And I mean, you even, you see these things where the, you know, conversational trends go in one way and then the companies spring up to support the need, right? So over the last five years or so, there's been an increase in mental health tech. You have therapy, you have uh, meditation apps, you have all these things that are, that are being sold to companies to support employee mental health. Um, And I think People were afraid to utilize those programs before, or they, they weren't really incentivized to. And in the last couple of years, it's kind of turned out to be one of the main major things that a company can do to support their employees is to provide tangible mental health support and to normalize the need for mental health support. Um, people have, we've, we as a, as a global population have, have suffered so much collective trauma over the last few years. And many, many populations in our kind of global employee population have have experienced compounding trauma for years and years and years and decades and generations. And it's just that because globally, we all kind of went through the same trauma at the same time of the pandemic, that I think people are more open to talking about the impact of mental health on their ability to show up at work. Um, we've made it safer to talk about because it's it's such a common thing now it's not I don't know we're able to destigmatize it a little bit because of how common it is and being able to create company cultures where it is okay to say like I'm not myself I'm not my my best self today or my battery is empty um, or like I'm having a mental health crisis and I need to take time off you know there's Being able to have an environment where that is safe is so meaningful to people who have been not only struggling with their mental health, but also struggling to pretend that they're not.
0: Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show, dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. Yeah, you know, but I, I don't want to sound cynical, but you know, when we're talking about issues like mental health, and you know, you you do a report like like yours where you you really document what's going on. How seriously do you think employers take this?
1: I mean, I can't speak for for all employers. I know we take it very seriously. Um, you know, one of the one of the companies that we that we use is called Kona, and they're a mental health support um, company that that integrates with your Slack to do kind of daily check ins with folks to see how they're doing. And like we take it really seriously. We want to know how people are doing. Want to support them when they're not doing well. Um, we offer free therapy sessions through uh, an app called Plum. I know I know a lot of companies that are taking it really seriously. That said, you know there's a, a vast diversity of experience in in companies, and I certainly wouldn't say that all companies are taking it seriously. I know many many who are, and. You know, I think if you are in a position of power or privilege to be able to ask these kinds of questions and challenge the norms of your company, I think it's really important to ask those questions in interviews, to ask about the mental health support that the company is offering, um, and to really speak up for those who might not feel safe doing so, to, to help change the, the culture at companies where it's not, you know, maybe it's not as supported or not as normalized.
0: Right, you know, I'm wondering how does you know Oyster HR think about this? So is is this the kind of thing that you factor into your plans or your roadmap?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we look at employee burnout. We look at um, the analytics from our, you know, the anonymized aggregated usage of our Plum therapy services. We look at the the data that comes out of our our Kona app to see like how many you know, what, where are the lines trending in terms of green, yellow, or red check-ins? How are people feeling across the company by team? Um, We pair that up with engagement survey data that we do three times a year. Um, We look at anecdotal data from one-on-ones. We have a mental health channel in our Slack where people can share openly with each other and and support each other. We're very clear that it's not a place for medical support or psychiatric help, but for community-led kind of day-to-day support but also for us like our ceo is very vocal about his own mental health challenges and struggles and our leadership team is very supportive and very vocal and we try to create a culture where it's it's not only okay but like that vulnerability is celebrated that vulnerability is appreciated and is meaningful to us as an organization um especially when you have people in countries where it's not normalized where it's not okay um or where maybe you know they come from a co- a country or they come from a culture where talking about your mental health is is taboo. You know, it's yeah. easy enough for me as like a, a tech worker in Berkeley, California, to be like, "Yes, talk about your mental health." It's a lot harder for someone who comes from a, a culture, even in the U.S., like a family culture where where mental health is just not discussed.
0: Hey, so so one last question: um, Could you tell me about Oyster HR? Um, you, you give me an idea of like what you do and what you think sets you apart.
1: Yeah, so're we're a we're global EOR, uh, which is employer of record. We help companies hire people anywhere in the world. So as some listeners may know, it's very complicated uh, and expensive to set up entities in every location around the world where you want to hire. But if you're looking to diversify your workforce, you you want to hire you want the whole world to be at your fingertips in terms of talent uh, talent acquisition. Because the old saying that talent is equally distributed, but opportunity is not. We have a mission to bring more opportunity to places where it has not traditionally been been granted. Um, And we help companies do that by enabling them to hire all over the world. And we handle the compliance and the benefits and the payroll and the actual process of being uh, legally able to to hire in various locations. And I think, you know, the thing to me that really sets us apart is, it sounds so cheesy, but like we really, really care about individual people. Um, We care about our customers, obviously, and helping our customers grow with the most diverse, supported workforce possible. But we really, really care about the team members that we're impacting, um, including our own. We have, like I said, you know, I think we're at 30% of our company is from uh emerging economies non-traditional tech places places that aren't you know your typical tech company hubs and it's just been remarkable to see that that mission in action within our own walls and within our customers walls we we just launched a new work style campaign um, to help people celebrate the differences and the different ways that we show up at work the different needs that we all have and how we work best and how we show up at work to be our our best contributors to our teams Um, We really, really are committed to the idea that a diverse team, not just diverse by gender, but diverse by gender, race, economic background, education level, languages spoken, um, past experiences, like the diverse range of of diverse experiences really makes us um, a special place. And I think every company should be that way. And that's that's the thing that drew me to oyster in the first place and the thing that that keeps me really motivated is this this passion for celebrating the whole person the whole human you're more than your job you're more than your resume um, and how you exist in the world as a whole human being makes you who you are when you show up at work
0: well, Kim, thanks for taking time i know i know you're at a conference and you you stepped out to talk with me and i appreciate it
1: yeah absolutely um,
0: My guest today has been Kim Rohrer, the principal people partner at Oyster HR. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. We're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer.
1: Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told.